Hi there, this is Bren White, and uh, we are doing the GROW class together this quarter. And uh, today we're talking about Lesson 4, Growing Through Pain. Uh, as we've said before, uh, one of the main things that we uh, emphasize uh, at the Laurel Church of Christ is to continue growing spiritually, uh, to become more like Christ in character and in behavior. And um, so we are looking at uh, some of what we learned from him and uh, his example and from his apostles' teachings having to do with growing through pain. Now, you know out of your own experience already that some of your best spiritual growth has happened when you were facing challenges and going through some kind of adversity and you had to figure some things out that were beyond you and you had to spend more time in prayer talking with the God who's in charge. You had to spend more time listening to him in his word and getting perspective on things. So once again we uh, will go to the word of God uh, to get uh, really uh, focused here as we start our discussion and study today. Um, the first thing I want to read to you is out of the Psalms in uh, Psalm 91, verse uh, 14 through 16. And uh, it says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Now this speaks to uh, exactly what we're focusing on today, growing through pain. There are spiritual things in particular, there are character formation things that really only happen uh, during very difficult circumstances. Um, something that uh, the writer of uh, As a Man Thinketh, James Allen, has said, uh, the turmoil of the world we cannot avoid, but the disturbances of mind we can overcome. Now this is a clue uh, in terms of what we're going to be looking at today. And Jesus uh, talks about this. The Apostle Paul talks about this. Um, and, um, so, uh, and, and also um, uh, James and several others uh, we'll look at some of these things uh, given the, the time that we have. Um, we are in the uh, Grow booklet, uh, PDF, on page 17. Uh, if you want to reference that, you can download it from the media page. Underneath it says Resources. Uh, you can download the PDF of the booklet. Um, so, um, one of the things that uh, we're going to look at as we uh, turn to... Uh, uh, to the writings of uh, Paul and of James here in a second, um, we're going to uh, see something reflected. Um, and um, Martin Luther King Jr., in his book um, Strength to Love, 
uh, has this to say. He says, almost anything that happens to us may be woven into the purposes of God. It may lengthen our cords of sympathy. It may break our self-centered pride. Um, this is also a clue uh, in terms of what we're going to be looking at today. And uh, we know uh, that uh, we are to grow up in the Lord because the Apostle Paul is talking to the Corinthians about that. Um, and uh, he says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I grew up, I put away childish things. Uh, one of the things that adversity does is it helps you to grow up. You, you uh, realize that the, the universe does not uh, revolve around you. Uh, this is one of the key things uh, to learn in order to mature in any way. Uh, there are a lot of people in the world today uh, who have not uh, matured uh, to this point, and they're still doing and saying very childish things. So the Apostle Paul is trying to get uh, their attention, our attention, um, and um, We'll see how uh, discipline and, and perseverance and love all factor in to this uh, spiritual growth through pain. So, if you would, uh, take a look at, uh, quickly here, at James chapter 1. There are a whole set of scriptures, but I'd like to at least begin with James chapter 1. You probably haven't memorized. Dear brothers and sisters, verse 2 when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Great joy. I don't think that's our first thought sometimes. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Do you know that to, to get through this life in a good way, to stay strong, to thrive spiritually, your endurance has to increase? Absolutely. That's what... That's what James is saying, too. Verse 4, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's how vital endurance is spiritually. And so this is a part of the growth process, endurance, perseverance, which uh, the apostles talk about in a number of different places all through the New Testament. Um. And then he goes right into talking about, uh, if you need wisdom, ask God, uh, who is generous. Um, he will give it to you. Um, you. You need to pray for wisdom. And uh, that's, that's really the way most people get through difficulty in life, is um, to pray their way through it. And James is talking about that uh, here as well. Um, James talks also about uh, patience in chapter 5, um, the patience of a, a farmer waiting for God to harvest certain things. Certain things take a while. Um, you know, some things occur in our lives kind of, uh, I would say, as endurance, but also it has to do with, with um, um, the race and um, um, the discipline of God the Father, which is what Hebrews 12 talks about, uh, Hebrews 12, uh, you can see from 3, verse 3 to 17, um, it talks about um, our faith and uh, letting us run with endurance 
the race God has set before us. So there are a whole set of things. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, American Ninja Warrior or, or different obstacle courses. Uh, uh, life is a little bit like that. And you need endurance, alertness and endurance, uh, conditioning, uh, training in order to get through it. Um, so Hebrew writers saying, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. And uh, so you go from this place, uh, Jesus' own example, and um, and then the Hebrew writer says, you know, these words are meant uh, to help you. Verse 5, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves. Uh, hang on to this, parents. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. If you never uh, discipline your children as a parent, uh, you're sending a terrible message to your kids because you're responsible for shaping them according to the God of the Bible. Uh, God is a father who actually disciplines, he corrects. Um, he, he may do it in, in a loving way, in some way, obviously, but it may sting, it may hurt momentarily uh, for these boundaries to be set. Um, and uh, he goes on, he says, uh, verse 7, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own child. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? Hang on to that. That's a big whopping question, verse 7. And it's a rhetorical question from God himself. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Um, since we respected our earthly fathers, this is the way it's supposed to be, people, who disciplined us, the way it's supposed to be, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, shaping us doing the best they knew how. That's the way it works. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Verse 11, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. This is this is not only the way it is in our relationship with the living God, but this is the prime example uh, for parents, especially fathers, in bringing up their children in a godly way. This is what it means. Um, and uh, so he says in verse 12, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Uh, this is None of this is meant to weaken people. Uh, the whole discipline process, the whole thing of going through pain and suffering is to strengthen. Um, 
And he goes on talking about work at living in peace with everyone, work at living a holy life. Uh, For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. This is about as clear as anybody could possibly be. Uh, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Uh, Watch out for that, that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. That's what bitterness does. Now, this is all in the middle of talking about faith, uh, discipline, relationship with God, and then it talks about loving each other as brothers and sisters, treating each other a certain way. All of this is relational, everything, and there is pain uh, and suffering and difficulty and adversity really in every relationship at some point. Um, and just going through life, as Ricky has talked about a lot in his sermons. Um, so you and I need to to be able to mature, to move away from childish things, and God is trying to help us. Uh, he, is, he is trying to help us, in particular with this uh, perspective being shared uh, here by the apostles. Now, of course, Jesus set all this into motion, um, but uh, the, the apostles are, are referring a lot to Jesus' example. Um, okay, so um, if you would um, go with me to um, uh, 1 Corinthians 9. Let's see. 1 Corinthians 9. And then we'll look at Colossians 1. There there are different aspects to this that I want you to think about a little bit, to kind of get a handle on this. Um, So it's 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you or don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. This this is the Apostle Paul telling the Corinthians how he operates, how he uh, gets this endurance. So, So I run with purpose in every step, every day. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Yeah, the, the, the mind, uh, the body is a servant of the mind. That's, that's part of what he's conveying here too. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Um, this is uh, this is a very interesting and real thing that he's he's talking about here. Um, take a look at Colossians chapter three. Uh, first, uh, there's so many passages we can look at. Three verse um, one through sixteen, having to do with the new life, um, and uh, there's all kinds of um, trouble that can come our way. Uh, and also, as, as Ricky has mentioned, sometimes we can even cause our own trouble. Um, but we've been made new. 
And uh, the Apostle Paul is trying to pray these folks uh, to, to a place of greater maturity in his relationship with them. You and I should be praying for that as well, for each other, uh, for us to grow, uh, especially through pain. And, and I know that uh, in our church family that we have prayed each other through painful things, and that has made a big difference. Uh, even in terms of our love for each other, it has made a big difference in terms of endurance and perseverance, being able to get through. We look at, uh, we look out for each other, and um, God really uses that and blesses us. Um, so, okay, so we've been raised to a new life. Jesus, when he was talking to his followers before he left the earth, uh, he was making sure that they knew that there would be uh, trouble, there'd be persecution. Uh, you know, he said, they, they persecuted me, so they're going to persecute you. Um, um, he is talking about, you know, there will be tribulation, but I'm leaving you this peace, uh, this peace that surpasses all human understanding. It's a, it's a peace that can actually reign in your heart, rule in your heart, says the apostles. Um, it can rule in your hearts in in such a way that even if there is uh, turmoil outside, externally, you and I can still have some peace inside. And it's from God directly. It's from his Holy Spirit directly. Um, now, uh, there's a whole set of things talked about uh, to the Colossians, and we'll, we'll just touch on a couple of things here. But uh, this piece is mentioned in this chapter 3 of, of Colossians, and uh, a couple of other things as well that factor into uh, this love and discipline, this, this new life that we have in Christ, which has to do with a new nature, the spiritual nature and character of Christ, coming to us through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, so it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on realities of heaven. The realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now this sounds very similar to what James is saying. Um, this is a, a key teaching and that has to do with perspective. Uh, this will help you and I to mature and to be able to grow through pain. Um, there's all kinds of adversity that, that pops up uh, throughout our lives, and it surprises us sometimes. It kind of gets us off balance sometimes. And we need to be able to set our sights, our minds, on the realities above, the spiritual realities uh, of Christ being in control, of having authority of all things, and, and him being the Lord and authority over our living, he being our life. So it starts off this way, and it says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. You know how fast you and I will go down and never achieve maturity, never get endurance, if we just focus on all of the bad things that earth is going to produce for us uh, in a life, if that's our perspective, uh, we're going to get dragged down 
into the muck and mire, into the pit. And our lives are not going to be what they're meant to be in Christ. He says, for you died to this life. Yeah, when you were baptized into Christ, you died to this life and to those earthly things. Those things that are taking up a lot of space in your mind right now in terms of worry and doubt and fear. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Yes, that's the reality. Um, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. You, this is what you have to look forward to in front of you. Um, now, there's all these things that he goes on to say that are lurk, lurking inside of human beings. Uh, anger, rage, malicious uh, behavior, uh, slander, dirty language, all kinds of things come out of human beings. Um, but that's not part of the new life. And he makes sure you and I remember that. and says in verse 10, put on your new nature. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. That's the whole point of all this is becoming holy like him. He's made it possible. He, he, the righteousness of Christ, what he has done, who he is, makes it possible for us to be the holy people that God loves. That's verse 12. Verse 12 of Colossians 3. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And that overlaps into what James was saying too. Um, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone. Underline it. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must, underline it, must Forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So we're filling our hearts. This love is is overflowing between us. We have this peace of Christ that dominates who we are and how we think. And so we are not just knocked around by everything that comes along in life. And he goes along to say, verse uh, in chapter 4, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray, pray. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Heart. You want to get through some difficulties? That's what you do. You pay attention exactly to what the, the apostles are teaching, what I've just read. Uh, you pay attention to that, and you will mature, you will grow spiritually, and you will be able to deal with pain, uh, adversity, difficulty, challenge in a different way, in a different way. So there are all kinds of uh, other uh, scriptures here that we can look at. Um, on that page, uh, it's even referenced the prodigal son and and his coming back, and he was he was kind of in a in a painful place, and he he decided to repent and work his you know and really come back to the father, I should say, and. Um, 
that is, that's what we need to do. We need to come back to the Father. We need to repent when we get off, uh, off the path. And if going through difficulty, you know, does kind of drag us down or cause us to, to do sinful things, we, we need to get back on the path um, so we can endure, uh, so we don't get taken down uh, spiritually. We need to continue to move forward. And that is that whole uh, pressing forward uh, passage um, out of Philippians. And uh, in chapter 3, uh, Paul is, is saying, you know, I'm, I'm pressing on uh, to, to, per, to possess the perfection for, for which Christ first possessed me. So uh, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let us all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. You know how you're going to mature spiritually? You're going to let go of some stuff in the past. You know how you're going to mature spiritually? You're not going to let bitterness drag you down. You know how you're going to mature spiritually? You're going to do exactly what the apostles taught. You're going to hold to this teaching. And that way, you will be obeying the commands of Jesus Christ. And he'll know you love him completely. You do what he says. Uh, that's, that's all uh, uh, John John 15, John 17, it's, that's, that's what Jesus was talking about the entire time he was making disciples. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. There are going to be times when you are going through such difficulty you can't even articulate it. It's so painful you can't even utter the words. And yet, the peace of Christ that he brings through his Holy Spirit surpasses everything that has harmed you, everything in your past. It surpasses it. It exceeds anything you can understand and what God is capable of. Uh, in Philippians chapter 4, he is saying this is what God is able to do if we fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right according to him and pure and lovely. The things that come from God, if you fix your mind on that, not on earthly things, and you thank him for all he has done. That's verse 7 of chapter 4 in Philippians. This is the way you get through it in verse 8. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true you got to put your mind there. And at the end of, of verse 7, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know that some pain and some advers adversity can actually start to tear you apart or tear relationships apart. Man, that's not God's idea. That's Satan's idea. And, and God is providing for his people a peace that will guard your heart and your mind as you are living in a loyal way to Christ Jesus, fixing your mind on him above with all authority. He has all authority over everything going on. He's going to work it all out. And um, so uh, this thing about reward, this thing of looking past the pain, past 
the harm, past the death. You know, that's, that's what Jesus is teaching us. And we share in his suffering, Paul says, in, in order to share in his glory. These things go together. These things go together. It's the way they go together. And this is the way you and I are fully trained to become like Jesus. We follow his example daily. So um, there are a number of other uh, scriptures there. Uh, we'll take a look here just briefly. Second um, uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 2, uh, 1 through 4. Uh, Galatians 6, uh, 1 through 10, 2 Thessalonians 3, uh, 6 through 15. And then um, at the bottom of the page, uh, the way God works is, you know, in the middle of these difficult situations, you and I actually have the presence of mind that other people don't have. Everybody's losing their minds around you, and you can still have peace. You can still actually think rationally. You can still actually be kind. You can actually be thoughtful and caring toward other human beings who are having difficulty and perhaps maybe even angry. You, you do not have to share in all of that nonsense and sin because you have been set apart to be loved by God as his holy people. And he is trying to help us to become holy. All pain, all difficulty on this earth is meant to make us holy. As, as Cheryl, my wife, says all the time, you know, uh, that, that God wastes nothing. Everything, everything that happens to you in your life, God can and will use for his purpose. He can make usefulness out of things that have been very difficult. And his glory can be seen. It can be displayed. Uh, your life becomes a masterpiece of God, according to the Apostle Paul. A masterpiece of God. The glory of God at work. His Holy Spirit working inside of you to move you through all these things, difficult things, in a beautiful way, reflecting the character of Christ. And God is glorified. Keep on reading all those other passages there at the bottom of that page. Um, get ready for uh, next week as we go on to Lesson 5. And there's some questions there. You can make some notes ahead of time if you like. And we'll be talking about growing together spiritually as a family. Okay, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. God bless you.